From the Research to Practice Sound Studios in Miami, Florida, welcome to Meet the Professors. This is medical oncologist Dr. Neil Love. We gathered six medical oncologists the community-based practice to present cases, first of CLL and non-Hodgkin lymphoma to Dr. Stephanie Gregory, and then cases of multiple myeloma to Dr. Robert Orlowski. To begin, Dr. Lowell Hart presents to Dr. Gregory the challenging dilemma of a family member who insisted on being treated by Dr. Hart. This patient is a 79-year-old white male who's a retired university professor and actually is my father-in-law. And I guess we should clarify he allowed you to... Say yes. that here. <laughs> yes, I said he has no objections whatsoever to discussing this case. Interestingly, he first saw me in referral by his internist in 2002, and at that time he had a white count of 13,000 with an excess of lymphs. He had a low normal platelet count and a normal hemoglobin in the 15 gram range. In talking to him, he mentioned that back when he was working full-time at the university, back even in the 1980s, his family physicians had mentioned to him that his ratio of white cells seemed somewhat reversed. His neutrophils to lymphocyte ratio was not quite normal. No one paid much attention or knew what to do about this at the time, but he had regular medical attention and would get a CBC done from time to time, and he remembers very well being told this. He's a retired statistician. So he came to see me. I tried to get him to see one of my partners, and he insisted on seeing me. So he was, at that time, not having any infections. He did have some palpable lymphadenopathy. He did not seem to have a big spleen on scan, and he was otherwise feeling well and carrying out usual activity, enjoying his retirement. I sent some peripheral blood for flow cytometry, and it confirmed that he had the normal profile of CLL. He did have trisomy 12 on his cytogenetics on the peripheral blood. I did not do a marrow on him at the time. So he did well without any specific treatment until about 2006, so about four years later. At this point, his white count had gone up to about 25,000. Platelets were running at around 100,000. Hemoglobin was about 14 grams. But he was bothered some by progressive lymphadenopathy. He had noticed larger nodes in his axilla especially. It wasn't that they were painful. They were just interfering somewhat with his moving around. So he felt that he wanted me to knock his lymph nodes back. I was not very enthusiastic about doing this. But after some persuasion, we did put him on cytoxin and prednisone. And I guess we should say you were actually even anxious to treat him. No, I was not anxious to be his doctor to start with. But uh, <laughs> I've remained his doctor since 2002. So... <laughs> So it's usually about an hour for a 15-minute appointment. So, <laughs> How are the kids? <laughs> exactly. I see him every weekend anyway. To so. get a blood counter visit. <laughs> so he did quite well in this. He had almost instantaneous resolution of his lymphadenopathy. His white count went down to around 10,000 or so. No particular problems. This was all oral treatment. And after about three months, we dropped that. We had to do that one more time, once in 2006 and once in 2007, when pretty much the same condition came back. The white count went up to in the 20-30,000 range, nothing too dramatic. Borderline platelet count running around 100,000, sometimes it'd be in the high 90s. No serious infections. He does have a few other comorbid illnesses. He had uh, myocardial infarction somewhere in this period about four or five years ago, which he's recovered from, and he's back to his normal levels of activity. So just recently, in the last few months, his white count has gone up quite a bit further. It's gone up to around 60,000. 
The main thing is his lymphadenopathy has gotten a lot worse, and he has a palpable, just mid-abdominal mass of just lymph nodes. On CAT scan, the spleen is large. Again, his platelets are running around 100,000. We decided to finally do a CAT scan on him to see what the level of lymphadenopathy was internally. We did that sort of end of January of this year, and it showed just progressive enlarging abdominal lymphadenopathy. So at this point, what I'm struggling with a little bit is as far as treating him. I think his only major indication to treat him is this worsening abdominal lymphadenopathy, which I think, although it's not particularly symptomatic at this point, is just by the size, but I think very close to becoming much more symptomatic. So I am interested in giving him a somewhat more aggressive regimen than we've had in the past. So Stephanie, how would you be thinking this through? Okay, so you actually, he's done very well, hasn't he? And he's probably falls into one of these CLLs that is relatively good risk. The trisomy falls on the category of pretty good risk patients. I didn't hear about a beta 2, but that's also that's prognostically important, yeah. important as is the LDH. I certainly can't fault one for treating him with what you did because he wanted that. I think we could have left him alone. Probably looking at indications for treatment, we think of stage three and four, certainly, don't we? For anemia, less than 11, platelet count less than 100,000, you could say, well, he was right there on that borderline. I certainly have not been pushed to treat just because a platelet counts around 90,000. I think that I follow a lot of patients that are in that category and are relatively asymptomatic, but now you have a different situation. Is there bulk on that CAT scan of the abdominal lymph nodes? Do we have a measurement of 5, 7, 10? His spleen is about 13.6. The largest mass is 16 by 10 centimeters oh on the new one. So this yeah. is big. So I can feel. Some, I don't really need a CAT right. scan to tell this. Yeah. I mean, this and is so a beach big. ball in and there, and it's now. a matted mass yes. of nodes. And may I also ask what the interval was between that white count of 10,000 and going to 60,000? That would be 2007 to early 2009. Okay. So it wasn't a three-month change. No, it wasn't of a three-month change. All right. So there are some agents out there that we've used for years that you could consider. He had some response to cyclophosphamide, obviously, Lucaran, Chlorambustil is still out there. We look at the newer agents, and one of them that has recently been approved for CLL and seems to work fairly well in the elderly, although you have to be careful, the dose is bendamustine. And so that was just approved, as you know, a year and a half ago for either frontline or relapse CLL. I think you have to be careful of the dose of that. And for frontline treatment, that was not mixed with rituximab, although many people are adding rituximab to that. That's one possibility. If you were going to do that, would you add rituximab? I probably would, depending on how he had the first reaction to that and tolerated it well. We often will give the first treatment without rituximab, do a little of debulking, and then see if you want to add that in. Remember, adding rituximab will probably maybe increase your cytopenias a little bit. That recommended dose for initial therapy, I would reduce and probably consider 70 milligram per meter squared day one and two. The paper was 90 milligram per meter squared day one and two. He's not extremely young, although it sounds physiologically he's pretty good, isn't yeah, it? He's pretty good So shape. that's one consideration. That was exactly what I was considering in him. Is that what you're thinking about? Yes, very strongly, because I've had some elderly patients that have had very, very nice responses to bendamustine. Again, bendamustine are? So far, not. Just straight bendamustine at this point, at least for the CLL ones. But I think I would, the way the data is now, I probably would do that, although I'd be a little afraid to give him R 
right off right the box front. because of mm -hmm. the size, you know, mm -hmm. his bulk of disease that he has right now. Renal function's good. Yes. I have actually used that in a patient very similar in age, but his creatinine was two. And I actually started at a 50 milligram per meter square dose. He has had six cycles. I stayed at that dose. I've repeated it every four weeks, and he's now in a very, very good partial response. Anything new in the mechanism of action of bendamustine? You know, it's an alkylator with purine characteristics, and mechlorethamine is the old nitrogen mustard part of that alkylating agent. The purine characteristics are not well-defined, and it probably is a super alkylating agent that patients respond if they failed an alkylator. So he should do very well. You didn't give him much cyclophosphamide. Right. As long as we're bringing that up, any comments on bendamustine and follicular lymphoma? Yeah, and again, that was in November just approved for relapse refractory low-grade lymphoma, and it is in patients who have failed rituximab now. Many people are using it even if you have not failed rituximab. Responses look good. They're overall 70%. When you add rituximab, it's even 90% in patients who have had up to three prior treatments. CRs are up to 30% in some of those trials. Duration of responses are not that great, but I think that some of those patients were heavily treated, and I think that we have to really wait and see for some other experiences with bendamustine. But it's excellent. It works in patients who have failed CHOP-R and a lot of the frontline treatments for especially follicular lymphoma. Do you think it's a reasonable non-protocol option up front in follicular lymphoma? I think we have to wait till that trial comes out. As you know, Dr. Rummel at last dash two years ago actually presented the interim data of BR versus RCHOP for advanced stage frontline follicular lymphoma. Very similar responses, very similar complete responses, but less toxic. Really no alopecia. You're not giving them an anthracycline. And so I think we have to wait till the study is closed and see what that brings out. The Germans are saying, wouldn't it be nice if we could use BR instead of RCHOP?